And welcome to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. I'm Lori LeBay, and I'm the host and founder of Alzheimer Speaks. For those of you that are new, I just want to give you a little background about uh, who the heck we are. Um, bottom line, Alzheimer Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort around the world. We believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and just having these everyday conversations about life with dementia, that we're going to be able to help remove the stigmas attached to memory loss and help people continue to live their life with purpose. Um, and together we know that you know we can expand this knowledge base of what dementia looks like what it feels like to live with the disease. At our core, we also believe that collaboration is the only way we're going to win this battle, and I know that it's working. Thanks to your likes, your clicks, and your shares with your LinkedIn colleagues, your Facebook pals, your Pinterest buddies, your um, Twitter tribes, every time you click one of our platforms, be it our radio show, our blog, our website, our Conscious Caring Resources, or our Dementia Chats webinars, you're pushing out valuable information to people in need. And there's a lot of people in each of our circles of influences that are dealing with this that we don't even know because they're not comfortable talking about it yet. And so the more information we can get out there to make them feel comfortable um, to open that door to say, this is what I'm dealing with. Um, where can I get help? It, it's just going to make everyone's life a little bit easier. So again, I encourage you to continue to to share. And um, and I want to thank you for making us the number one influencer online, according to Share Karen, Dr. Oz. I also want to open the door for anybody out there listening who might want to be a guest on the show. Um we try to raise everyone's voice. So if you're diagnosed, if you're caring for a loved one or a friend, maybe you're a medical professional, you could be a movie director, you could be a singer-songwriter, you could be uh, an author, you could have um, started a new service product or tool to help, we would like to hear from you. Um, because we know it's about, you know, this journey is about doing it together. Um, and uh, again, raising awareness and spreading knowledge is so, so critical. Uh, with my own mom's journey of, of 30 years, I know, I, I know the feeling of isolation and not having access, and um, I, I really think that that is wrong, and that's why we started Alzheimer's Speaks. People, people should have the right to have access to all services, large and small, and customize them to what their family needs and, and um, what their business needs. Um, before I introduce our guest here today, I do want to just throw out a couple of free offers to you. One is through Audible, where you can go ahead and pick up a book, an Audible book, for 30 days and download it. All you have to do is go to audibletrial.com forward slash social 
That's audibletrial.com forward slash social. Or if you're looking for a new accounting system, you might want to check out FreshBooks. You can get a free 30-day trial there by going to gofreshbooks, and that's plural, dot com forward slash alive, gofreshbooks.com forward slash alive. Now, our guest today I'm really excited to have on the show with us. Uh, Brian LeBlanc is uh, a 55-year-old man, and he is the fourth generation living with Alzheimer's in his family. In his previous life, he worked as a public relations and marketing guy, and um, and he will shine as he talks because he just he comes out on stage really strong, and um, it's just very very fun to work with. He is married to his wife Shannon, and they live in Pensacola, Florida, with their 21 year old daughter, who is a college student, and their 16 year old son, who is a baseball player. So. He's got a very active life, and I, I also have to add that he is one of our experts on our Dementia uh, Chats series, which is a free webinar to everybody that we do twice a month on the second and fourth uh, Tuesday of the month, um, where knowledge just flows out of our experts, and I, I learn something new every single time. So welcome, Brian, to the show. Well, that that's uh, that's an introduction that's kind of hard to live up to, Lori. I mean, uh, <laughs> call me an expert. And <laughs> hey, you're, you're thank you. You're all thank that you. and more, Brian. You're all that and more. So, oh, I I I do have on my Superman shirt today, so I'm 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 ready to ready to fly. <laughs> when I for, I forgot to mention, you're going to be in a. TV series that they're doing down in in Pensacola too. So you got you got a lot going yeah. on there. Yeah, my my uh, my local TV station WEAR Channel Three. Uh, there's a reporter. Her name is Catherine Daniel, and uh, she started back in I believe it was. Let's see, we're in June, so yeah, I think it was back in February. Um, she did the first interview. And that was here at the house with uh, with Shannon and I, where we basically kind of introduced ourselves and um, talked about diagnosis and what it was like, uh, or what it was like for Shannon to be living with me and so forth, uh, which you know you'll hear later in the show. I'm sure isn't such a picnic, um, but uh, this this last interview she did, which was uh, just uh, two weeks ago. Uh, was held at Blue Wahoo Stadium. It's our double-A baseball team. We had a Alzheimer's uh, event there called Paint the Park Purple, which was an Alzheimer's fundraiser. And uh, and so my, uh, uh, my son and daughter went out there with me, and they were on camera, and they talked about uh, their experiences with me because I told, I told the reporter that I wanted to bring a – uh, a personal uh, story to Alzheimer's. I, I don't, you know, yeah, you have to talk about the clinical stuff every now and then, talk about stats and funding and all that stuff. But my my passion, my my um, my purpose is to tell everybody what the disease does, not only to the person having it, but what it does to the family that's living with the person that has it. And that's what we have started to do uh, 
uh, with the series. The next series uh, is going to be, uh, the next segment is going to be coming up in uh, September and uh, in preparation for our local uh, Walk to End All Service, which will take place in the beginning of October. Wonderful. Well, that that is great. Um, why don't we start out a, a little bit, um, give some people some background about you. Um, Brian, can you tell our audience a bit about when um, you started forgetting some things and when you thought stuff was kind of going wrong? And, and how did you go about getting diagnosed? Because that's, a, that's something everybody asks. When's the time to go to the doctor? And so... Right. You know what were what were some of your symptoms? Well, you see, it, it's funny when you say when when did I you know or, or people say when did you realize and so forth. I always tell them I didn't realize it. Um, my wife and daughter realized it for me. Um, what was happening was I uh, I was getting lost a lot when I was driving. Um, the the only reason I remember the story is because um, I use it uh, every time I give a presentation because that's part of, like you said, people want to know uh, how I got diagnosed, how did I know, and, and, and so forth. Um, I was driving to my doctor's office, and um, I I got lost completely. I had no idea where I was, nothing looked familiar at all. So I, uh, I called, I called Shannon. Uh, she walked me through, uh, my GPS directions. Come to find out I was only about a half a mile from, from the office and, uh, got there, got back home. And then that night we have what I call the intervention. Um, it's kind of like when you, when you walk into a room and, there are people seated and there's no TV on. And your wife says, uh, we need to have a talk. And it's like, Oh boy. The first thing that rushed in my mind was, you know, what, what did I do? <laughs> Why are you going to talk to me? And, uh, and she simply said, she goes, do you know how many times you got lost recently? And I said, you mean before today? And she says, yeah. And I said, I thought today was the first time. And she goes, no. She goes, you have been lost more than, you know, I don't remember the correct number, but more than a dozen times over the past six months. And that shocked me because I had, I, not only did I not realize I was getting lost so frequently, I had no recollection of, of, the, the times uh, that I got lost. The only reason why I remembered this one was because um, it was during it was during that day. So, but anyway, um, and then and then my daughter told me she says, you know, um, just to let you know, for about the past three years, you've been repeating the same stories, asking the same questions. And, uh, you know, that's how we kind of know that something may be wrong. And being that my mother, uh, my mother was still, was still alive at the time. Um, 
and you know, you mentioned fourth generation that started with my great grandmother, then my grandfather, then my mother, and then me. Uh, with my father also having um, vascular dementia. So with that much um, history in my family, we realized that it was time to get diagnosed or go at least to, to check. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and sure enough, uh, went, to, went through the, the testing, went through a neurologist, went to a neuropsychiatrist, and I wound up being diagnosed with early onset Alzheimer's. And um, not only that, but also carrying the APOE4 gene um, from both my mother and my father. Um, and uh, that basically having that gene just from one parent will increase your chances of getting Alzheimer's five times. Having it from both parents increases it over 10 times. Um, so I, I was born, born with the gene and, um, I'm the only one of the, of my family, uh, my brothers and sister that are, that have the disease. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let me ask you this, cause, um, people ask this all the time. Um, of me, you know, am I going to get tested? And, and I say, no, uh, you know, we're not aware that my mom had the gene, but, um, do your, do you, do you think about having your kids tested or do they talk about wanting to be tested for the disease? Well, that's a good question because my, uh, when I refer to my kids, they're, they're actually my stepchildren. But I do have a son from a previous marriage. He's 29 now. And um, and I've asked him, I said, you know, um, so far it hasn't skipped a generation. And uh, being that you're, you know, my only, my only uh, heir, um, do you ever think about getting checked? And he says, yeah, I do. I said, well, what are you going to do? He says, I'm not going to get checked. And I said, but why? He says, if I do, what am I going to do about it? You know, there's really nothing I can do right now because there's, because, you know, he knows that there's no prevention. He knows there's no uh, way to stop progression, no cure for it. He says, I just don't want to put myself through that. Mm-hmm. And he says, and plus, what is that going to do, you know, with, with all the people that I know? All of a sudden, I'm going to have this, you know, this thing. And, you know, and, and that, you know, that's just the stigma that's associated with, with Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess he didn't want to have that, uh, that marker mm-hmm. uh, on him. So it's, um, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. So, well, and it is because you know, if he, and especially for for a younger um, kid too, we don't know what sure. laws and rules will change later on regarding insurance and driving, and I mean, there's there's so many in employment impact um, because I know that's one of the reasons people say they don't go in and get diagnosed because they're worried about future implications of having that diagnosis sometimes. And, right. and so it's, it's spooky. I, I do like when I've, I've asked several doctors, oh, probably, 
way more than several, you know, would they go get tested? And we haven't talked, and I'll disclose, we haven't talked specifically with the the gene, the APO um, gene, Um, but would they go get tested to see, you know, the likelihood of them having it? And they've all answered no. And they all have said, you know, bottom line is, we just don't know if it's going to take or not. You know, it's kind of like a cancer gene. Most of us have it in us. And is it going to mutate or not? We don't know. And so... So why put yourself through, why put yourself through the stress yep. uh, of it all? Yeah. So it's, I don't know, it's it's a tough one. It's a, And it's yeah. a personal one. Everyone has to do what, what they feel is best. Yet I'm, I'm all for people to get involved in research because I think we need that um, well, badly, sure, yeah. you know. And, uh, and to add fuel to the fire, you know, my wife's grandmother had Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. And she just passed away back in, uh, in 2014. So my, my dad my dad passed away in 2010. My mother passed away in 2015 of January last year, and uh, and we lost uh, Shannon's grandmother in August of of 14. So it's present on her side now. So far, none of uh, her dad's uh, Shannon's dad's family, none of them are experiencing any. Um, neurological issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it's been known to skip a generation or skip two generations or whatever, um, depending upon what's what. So somewhere in the back of her mind, you know, it, it's kind of, it's kind of lurking there mm-hmm. um, also. Yeah. I, I remember my daughter um, who she's now, what is she? 28. Um, but when she was younger, she would say to me, you know, mom, Mom, I think you're getting it. You know, you're you're repeating yourself, or I already answered that question, or whatever it was. You know, and I remember just looking at her square in the eye and go, "You didn't hear yet, did you?" And she said, "What?" And I said, "It skips a generation." <laughs> her eyes just got so so big, and she's like, "What?" And I said, "Yeah, I don't have to worry." You know, and her eyes were just huge. And I said, "Honey, I'm just kidding." I said, "I know I forget sometimes. I know I repeat, but you know, if you record yourself, you'll find you're, you're doing the same thing too. You know, our, exactly. our, our plates are full, and it hasn't really interfered with my my life um, at this point. But it, it is something that I'm watching. You know, for I know that my word well, find my word find to. comes much harder, and I. I utilize the thesaurus much more than I ever have or spell check and things like that. And I, I still screw up, but I also know that I, I have probably more balls in the air than I should. Um, but that's always been my way, you know? And so, well, you know, you, you, you just brought up, you brought up something that, that I think um, is, is largely misunderstood in that you joked with your daughter mm-hmm. about Alzheimer's mm-hmm. And you know you you you've gotten to know me pretty well as well as my sense of humor. Um, it, it's if you can't laugh at yourself, then you know it, it's going to be a tougher road than it already is. Mm-hmm. And we have um, we have tried to insert humor. Like Shannon, Shannon bought me a couple of uh, a couple of signs that I have up on my wall 
uh, above my desk, and one of them says, I can see clearly now. My brain is gone. Um, there's another one with, uh, with Dory from uh, Finding Nemo. It says, you know, uh, I'm, not for, I'm not forgetful. I have a neurological disorder. You know, it's, it's, if, you, if you can laugh at yourself, uh, it, 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 it's so much better because if you can't find humor in, in, what you, in, in, in life, and what you go through on a daily basis, well, then you're going to just uh, spend your time crying instead. And I, I told myself a long time ago, as soon as I was diagnosed, that you know I was not going to let this this disease define who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, um, every day is not a sunshiny day. It's it's tough. Um, because you you never know you never know basically what kind of day you're going to have until you wake up mm-hmm. and at that point you uh you start your day and uh almost almost every single day I wake up I wake up with a migraine mm-hmm. that's how my days usually start um and when they don't when I don't wake up with a migraine which is a a uh rare occurrence i feel like i feel like celebrating <laughs> but you know on the same token you know i i tell everybody that you you have and this this goes for everybody not just me but you every day when you wake up you have two choices you can either uh stay in bed and have a pity party for whatever reason or you can get up to make a difference mm-hmm. now every now and then i admit I will stay in bed and have myself a little bitty pity party, mainly because you know, I have a migraine. It's like, oh God, you know, why me? Why me? But then I feel like if I stay there, what 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 good am I going to do? Not only to myself, but to anybody. So I get up and start my day. Somehow, some way, I am going to do something that day, and hopefully it's going to make a difference in somebody's life. And that's going to be through my, my advocating, uh, of, you know, of, of Alzheimer's disease. Yep. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a perfect transition in terms of, because one of the things I wanted to talk to you was about your advocacy and your, your passion, because um, you've really um, stepped up to the plate and have, I just sense the, the short time that I've known you, I've just seen such growth in terms of, of, of your voice and, and how you're expanding, um, you know, basically your voice being heard throughout the world at this point. Um, talk about your advocacy and, and why you're so passionate and, and what types of things you're doing to uh, to help the cause? Well, it, it started out when I when I first got uh, when I was first diagnosed, um, and you mentioned in the introduction that I used to be uh, you know a PR guy, and that's all I knew how to do is is to talk. Um, I'm I'm pretty good at it, <laughs> but you know I, I didn't know I didn't know what else to do. And so we're on our way back home from the doctor's office. And um, I turned to my wife and I said, I know what I have to do. And she said, what? I said, 
I need to talk about this. And she goes, what do you mean? I said, it means I need to tell people. I need to talk about it. I need to tell them that, you know, look, I'm young. I have this disease. People are not going to believe it because they associate it with an older person. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to stand in front of them or I'm going to do it through social media or I'm going to do it anywhere I can and talk about this disease. And she says, you do realize that you're opening yourself up to a lot of different things. And once that door is open, it can't be closed. Mm-hmm. I said, I, I, I can't, I can't work anymore. You know, I hadn't worked for a year before then because I wasn't able to, uh, I wasn't able to, to, to concentrate on anything. I, I just couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so at that, and so I, I started talking about it Well, a friend of mine heard about it. He called me and he says, Hey, um, I'm on the executive board of the Alzheimer's association here in Pensacola. We need you on our board. We have no one who has Alzheimer's that's on our board. And I said, bring me in. Mm -hmm. And that's when it started rolling. I got involved with the local Alzheimer's association from there. I got involved with the, um, the early stage advisory group of the national Alzheimer's association located in Chicago. And, uh, at the end of what today is what the 28th or today, I don't know what the date is today. Anyway, I know it's, 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 it's late June. Mm -hmm. Um, um, and, um, uh, I lost my train of thought there. Oh, um, and, and my, my year, the, the year is coming up. So that'll end my term there. But then I go into what's called um, alumni mode to where I'll still be used. I mean, I got involved with the Alzheimer's Association last year. And within two days, um, they called me and they said, can you go to Mobile, Alabama and record um, a voiceover for the Today Show. So I was I was already starting right out the bat. I appeared on the Today Show, um, and then they'll send you anywhere um, throughout the country. Uh, you'll be on conference calls with companies trying to increase uh, or better their products and services to serve people with Alzheimer's, what can make things easier to understand and so forth. Um, from there, that led me to become a member uh, of the uh, Dementia Action Alliance, and I'm on their advisory council now uh, to where we basically kind of do the same things and more speaking engagements. And then I'm also involved with um, – uh, Covenant Care here in Pensacola. Uh, the parent company is called Covenant Hospice, but they also have um, a different branch, a little branch off of that, which is Covenant Alzheimer's, uh, Covenant Care. And there again, we go around uh, speaking to groups, to companies, to businesses, all sharing 
uh, awareness. I was over in Panama City last week speaking to uh, the Bay County Sheriff's Department about uh, crisis intervention training and talking to them how to deal with someone like myself if they come into contact with me and I'm having a bad day where I might look like I'm drunk or I might look like I'm totally disoriented and it's only because I have Alzheimer's and I'm having a bad day. It's not because I've been drinking or it's not because I'm on drugs. Um, and then telling them different ways on how to deal uh, with people like myself. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I do. Now, my reasoning behind it is 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 this. I mean, I do it in, in, in memory of the people in my family that I've lost due to uh, dementia-related illnesses. However, I know that this is it, this is going to be what um, this is going to be what I go that I'm going to live with for the rest of my life because I know that there's not going to be a prevention. I know that there's not going to be a way to slow the progression. I know there's not going to be a cure in my lifetime. So instead of just saying, oh, well, I can't do anything for me, so I'm not going to do anything, I, I'm not built like that. So I decided, well, okay, it's not going to be able to do anything for me, but what about the people that come after me? What if something does happen to my son? What happens if something does happen to my wife or my stepchildren? What what then? Could it be that anything that I do now to help in some way, shape, or form have a rippling effect to um, uh, to help find a cure because of the awareness and the education that's spread? And so in, instead of just sitting back and, and doing nothing, I'm – doing as much as I possibly can while I still can. Mm-hmm. Which is great. So, Because uh, that's really the only way things are going to change. And, um, yeah. you know, we just... Sitting on the sidelines, you don't get anything done. You got to get in the game yep. and make a difference. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I, I thank you for all the, the work and stuff that you're doing because you're, you're really in there. One of the things, you know, in our conversations that you've mentioned is you describe some of your days as being foggy. And what does that what does that mean? What does that really look like? Can you explain that to our audience? Oh, sure. Um, it, it means exactly exactly what it is. Um, if you're if you go outside on a foggy morning depending upon the strength of the fog, you may be only only be able to see a couple of feet in front of you. Mm-hmm. Um, other days, it may be a little lighter. You'll be able to see a little bit further down. Um, that's what happens in your brain, or it happens in my brain, that you you wake up and you try to think of something but it, it it just doesn't come because uh, I, I that's why I call it my fog because I can't see my thoughts I can't see what's there 
Some days it's thick. Some days it's not as thick. Some days it's black as night. Um, in the movie uh, Still Alice with Julianne Moore, she's given a speech. And uh, in the middle of the speech, she loses track of where she was. And everything just goes blank. And I saw the movie with, with my wife and daughter. And I turned to him. I said, that's what happens to me. I said, it's kind of like a black curtain that just comes straight down inside my brain. And without prompting, there's no way for me to get back on track as to what I was, um, as, as to, as, as to what I, I was, I was, I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and so some days, like I said, it's not black as night, but it's it's hard to get to see through the fog, to see through, uh, to be able to see a thought, um, and uh, and that's the that's the only way. If you look up if you look up the word fog in the dictionary, it will say um, fog is dis, uh, defined as having a mental disorder. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the one of the definitions which I found I found sort of ironic, but um, but it's funny because it, it doesn't just happen in the morning. Um, it can happen morning, noon, night, several times during the day, mm-hmm. and then some days I'll have a perfectly clear day, which is extremely rare, but it does happen, mm-hmm. and those are the days where. I I just try to embrace every single thing that I can and try to make a memory of it. Well, thank you, Brian. This has just been a, a wonderful conversation. We're going to go ahead and wrap this show up just a little bit early. Um, as we were talking with Brian, his dog had a seizure, and he needed to tend to that. So we're just sending our prayers and support uh, for his little puppy and um, we will have Brian back on the show again. He's just a brilliant speaker and has some wonderful insights. For those of you that would like to get a hold of Brian, you can reach him by email at thebrianleblanc at gmail.com. Or you can go to his blog, www.abitofbrianbrilliance.com. Abitofbrianbrilliance.com is his blog. And you can also find him on Facebook. Just put in My ALZ Journey, My ALZ Journey on Facebook. And he's also on Twitter, the Brian LeBlanc. Um, and uh, again, he just does such a great job with his advocacy and is so honest and has wonderful insights. So again, we will have Brian back on with us. Um, in the meantime, wrapping up, I just want to do a shout out to Apples to Apples, who is here on the Live and Social Network on Sunday night, to Scott and Drew Applebaum, a father and son team who discuss sports, and Joan of Art, who does a, a show that investigates and celebrates people who make art. It's kind of a fun show to listen to. Our most recent shows on Alzheimer's Speaks Radio, if you haven't had a chance to catch them, they're worth going back into the archives. You can listen to all of our shows on the archives, but the most recent 
we had a wonderful conversation with, uh, we were talking about the NFL and brain injuries. And we had Dr. Jason Carthen on, who was a, a past uh, player. And we also had uh, Michael uh, Durser uh, on and his brother, Dave Durser, um, actually had the CTE and ended up committing suicide uh, due to that type of dementia. And so uh, Mike is doing some great things in schools, educating uh, kids and uh, teachers and coaches and families about concussions, which is uh, a really cool thing. Um, another show we just had on last week was about spiritual care and, and um, how do you care for those with dementia through um, spirituality. Uh, we also talked with Gary LeBlanc and uh, Lisa Rodriguez on healthcare settings and dementia behaviors and how to improve that. This morning we had our dementia chats and we talked about routines and how they adapt and remain, um, remain with a sense of calmness and a very enlightening conversation the that one I will be posting uh, either today or tomorrow because uh, I have to go in and just edit that. Um, but the one before that was about advocating through film, which ties into again one of our last radio shows we had on the lead producer um, Therese um, it, with uh, the film that will be out in 2018 called um, "Will I Be Next?" and it's pretty interesting. Uh, film that they that she's putting together. Uh, what else do I want to mention to you? Uh, the next Dementia Chats will be July 12th. I can't believe we're coming up on uh, the 4th of July here already, but July 12th at 11 Eastern Time. And our last Conscious Caring Resource interview was with Claire Webster of Canada, who is the founder of Caregiver Crosswalk. And she does a lot of coaching and mentoring uh, with families. Uh, she's walked the journey personally with her own family and uh, has some wonderful resources. So feel free to reach out to Claire. If you're going to be in Iowa, um, August 10th and 11th, I will be there um, with the Northeast Iowa Community College and at um, Mind Frame Theaters. We're going to be doing a preview of His Neighbor Phil along with the conference. And on the blog, I just want to point out a couple of resources. Um, one is an article by Elon Caspi. He is a behavioral specialist in dementia, and he has an article about 20 reasons why it's important to gather life history of a patient with dementia. There was also an article about a Roseville man uh, with dementia who um, went missing and took the family car it, he was found safe, um, but he was found going the wrong way down the freeway about eight hours after he left home. But the reason I mention it is there are some resources you may want to look into. One of them is the Caregiver Alert Center, which can help in those circumstances. When somebody would wander, you can get a flyer uh, distributed electronically very quickly, and you can do that ahead of time. It's, it's less than $15 a year. Uh, to have in your back pocket. In the meantime here, I just want to um, wish you all a happy 4th of July. And um, keep in mind your memory chip and what it teaches us when we're focusing on being um, person-centered. Are they safe? Are they happy? Are they pain-free? Talk to you soon. Thank you. It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. 
Hey everybody, Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire, become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.